What's up, everybody? I'm Nick Powell, publisher of 1851franchise.com, and we're here for another Meet the Zor, but this time the Zor happens to be a bunch of Zors, and Eric will get into that in a second. So before we get into the brand side, Eric, what I'd like to start with is your franchise story, because I don't think any of us dreamt of falling into franchising, yet we figure out our pathway. So what's your personal franchise story? It's, it's fun to kind of think back on that stuff, right? Uh, where we started and where we've gotten to. And my, my background out of school, I got into sales and, and business and kind of fell into medical recruitment uh, as my first real career and learned a lot about a longer term mutual evaluation sales and consulting process. And a lot of the skill sets I gathered from that led me to an opportunity just kind of fortuitously met someone in franchising who said i think you could be pretty good at this and what that this was i wasn't sure i knew of mcdonald's i knew of subway and that was about it uh but the door opened and i went through it and it changed the trajectory of my life and my career and i'm blessed to be in this industry one of my good friends in franchising says it better than i do so i've stolen this from her but we don't find franchising it finds us in some weird way and uh, that path led me into this world i'm in and opened a lot of doors and couldn't be happier so you fall you fall into franchising how do you fall in love with franchising or what are the elements when you're like because obviously you've, you've managed various parts of the sales process what parts of it do you enjoy the most? I enjoy, I kind of break it down. Obviously there's the, at the very end, if it's a good, great fit and everyone feels comfortable, you move forward and you change somebody's life. You know, they invest into a franchise based on their experiences with you as a development person, based on their feedback and validation. But to me, that's not the, the most fun part. It, it's the most you know rewarding part for everybody involved, but it's the earliest stage of initially meeting somebody and getting to know what their story is, their background, what are their reasons for looking into business ownership and finding a way to connect those dots if it's the right fit to the business. There's always pain. People start looking into new roads and opportunities because there's not fulfillment and, and whatever that definition is for them. But it's that earliest stage, which really gives me joy is seeing someone that was doing something totally different, discover franchising and then that connection to what their pain or their desires are to your business and seeing that unfold in what is most cases a month or two of research and due diligence. But that's what gets me charged up is seeing that light come on and someone going, I think this could be the right next step for me. Just a very enjoyable part of the process. Yeah, I love that. So I think this is relevant back to where you have fallen in love in franchising. And I'm curious on how you've seen this candidate shift as you've gone into happiness brands. But if we go, if we go backwards to when you were working in senior care, what, what's interesting about the senior care franchisee is call it 99% of them have had some experience with the category that actually caused them to fall in love with it. Yes, there's going to be some trigger that's making them say, I'm ready to do this on my own. But there was that that love piece because they saw the need in the marketplace because they had an experience with an aging parent. 
versus the category that you're in now. And, and, and I'm curious on, on your thoughts on the broker networks, which we'll get into. But the category you're in now, I would imagine it's more so I've saved up a little bit of money. I have a passion for owning a business, but I don't know what. And so now I need to go explore. And yes, I, I could probably get passionate about the category that I'm in, but it's not the leading. It's not what leads me into business ownership versus where you came from. So have you seen this like shift? And at the end of the day, are there similarities or is it two different human beings that are entering franchising? And maybe the bigger question is, does, is franchising too big of an umbrella word? And when you break down these categories, there's so many different journeys of a franchisee that there's, you know, different levels of investors and different levels of wealth building. It's a really good question, you know, and I think there are several similarities within all franchise candidates, one of which we touched on. There's a pain point. There's something, there's not a level of fulfillment in the current path. So it's an opportunity to explore outside of the W-2 employment path. And there's some excitement to just get into that process and say, I'm finally taking control of my future. I'm finally going to do something for myself. I've been saying it for years. Now it's a matter of what. What do I want to explore? And there's, I think, Nick, you know, as well as I do, probably 4,000 concepts uh, roughly today and hundreds of industries. So, so many things to look at. And I coach a lot of our candidates and just in general, you, you shop for a franchise differently as a potential owner than you would be a consumer, obviously, of a product. Right. So when you start looking at what's my investment? What, what are my, what's my comfort zone? First of all, what do I have? What can I afford? And start to kind of remove hundreds, if not thousands of those kind of initial stages. So you kind of weed it down a bit more and say, what's my role as a business owner? What's my interaction with the customer, the community in large? And do I see myself getting behind that role? And, and what does a franchise or expect of me in my role? Uh, I think then you look at the predictability of the business model and the, the long-term potential and sustainability. Is this, is this trendy? Is this a fad? Is this something that could go away? What's the long-term play look like? And then finally, what does my, my team look like? Who do I surround myself with? Is this heavy employees? Is this just a handful of employees? You, you kind of start to figure out as a candidate when you go down this path and you eliminate certain things, it kind of opens up certain doors and you have a category or two or three that you're looking at now. So I think, that's where people should start is by kind of scoring the attributes of a business model, their role, the relationship to the customer, the investment. And then last but not least, what's the work-life balance look like? Every business is different and the commitments are different. Some are 24-7, 365. Some involve the owner every single day in some way, shape or form. Others you delegate. So that's kind of where people need to start by you know kind of reverse engineering the models, looking at their role and those types of things. To answer your question directly, senior care is a passion play. You better love taking care of people and you better love working with a lot of employees. Our type of franchise owner, I think, really appreciates customer service. They may have dealt with a great experience or a bad experience from getting a service to their home and just kind of, man, it was hard to get this set up and hard to get a hold of somebody. I could do this better. Mm -hmm. And that opens some thoughts and ideas. So very different models, obviously, but I think it all starts with, the desire, the motivation, and then scoring the attributes and figuring out what am I a fit for? What kind of fits into the category or my investment level and my relationship to the, the business and the community? 
I mean, thank thank you for taking us through the, through that pathway. And and I would imagine if you were to reflect backwards on your on your career in franchising, and and frankly, I think this is why you are successful because I know you as a human being. Is I don't feel like you sell franchises. I feel like you consult franchise buyers on how to find the right fit for them. And so often in franchising, and, and you know, if I if I have to ding the broker community, is they are selling franchises. At the end of the day, they don't wear the, your logo on their shirt. They wear their own. And so they're in the business of selling franchises. But what I respect about you is you've always taken the approach of how do I help put you into the, the right seat? And therefore, if franchising had baseball cards, like the data, your stats on the back would talk about franchisees placed, but that's not the, the true indicator. It's franchisees who placed, who stayed, who scaled, and who exited. And now if you reflect backwards when you fell into franchising, that, that's probably, that, that's, that is the beauty of franchise development you get to take someone on on a complete full circle journey so i'm saying that as a statement but any comments on what i just said well yeah great statement and we work with a lot of wonderful franchise brokers and consultants and really it's incumbent upon us in development is to educate them on who we're looking for and who works for our model it's a two-way street but yeah, you're right. I mean, ultimately, it's a mutual evaluation. Shame on us as a franchisor if we bring, and this applies to any franchise, or a candidate in that doesn't have the right expectations. And we do our best. We all have our process. It's to uncover the opportunity. It's to educate. It's to really talk about the tough things. Like, this is what it takes to be successful. How does that feel for you as a candidate? Do you see yourself being okay with that? And then from there, you validate that. You talk to existing franchise owners and get a feel for what it's like under the hood. What is the support like? What is the training really like in the marketing and assistance and your sales processes? We have a sales center that converts a lot of sales for our franchise owners. So we want a candidate to know, here are the things that make this a really good opportunity for you. Here are the things that make this a valuable asset as you build and scale and create enterprise value. And we want you to build an empire. That's what we're looking for at Happiness Brands or Empire Builders. So you can build up a nice business, create a meaningful income stream for yourself throughout and have a nice exit at the end and make a nice return on your investment. So to get there, it takes hard work. It's a lot of ground game, a lot of day-to-day -day involvement in building a team. And that's really the expectation we need to set correctly. So someone comes into the opportunity with their eyes wide open and knowing what they're getting into. And if we do that correctly, which we aspire to do every single time you set somebody up for long-term success. So you're right, Nick, it's not a sale. And that's, I, I want candidates to know that early. We're just as interested in you being a fit for us as you would as a candidate finding out the right franchisor. So we want to make sure there's a good mutual fit and a good synergy. Well, I think oftentimes the, the mindset of the franchisee is mis, misaligned with the word entrepreneur entrepreneur slash founders within franchising have a degree of craziness to them. You, and you have to, because you're, you're venturing out to build a model that can potentially scale through other people's money versus the franchisee the franchisee is entrepreneurial. They want to operate a business, but they're trying to find the right business in a box that also cross off uh, some of the hurdles that goes into 
becoming a business owner. And this isn't everybody in franchise. And like there are very successful multi-unit operators who went into this very as very much as an entrepreneur and said, I'm going to build a portfolio of, you know, 250 locations and operate it just like I would an entrepreneur uh, who's starting a business. But when you start thinking about the Canada on the entrepreneurial side, what you just said is very important because the candidate uh, can jump very easily. Like they get up to the edge of the diving board many times and they're like, nope, I'm going back down. This is too high. And so that's where like, Ultimately, the sales process has to make the candidate feel comfortable. And frankly, I think what you've done a nice job at is changing that that approach almost to what your franchisees are looking for. They're like, wow, I got poor service in this category. Yes, I can see myself owning a business and insert home service uh, category. Um, But here it's like you're, you're saying like, let us get you comfortable with the idea of jumping off that diving board and feeling like we've built a safety net for you when, when you jump off. And that's where like, it's not sales. Like when, if you're selling medical supplies, it's that, that could be sales here. You're like, it's almost like entrepreneurial life coaching more than anything. And you're trying to give them the tools to then go be successful. So. Yeah, that's I've said for a long time, franchising is more entrepreneurial versus entrepreneurial. There are guardrails and there yeah. is a system in place to follow, but it doesn't make you great as a franchise owner. Right. When we talk about business in a box. There are I think about happiness brands and the resources and the tools and the centralization and the media that we run for owners and manage that at the top of the house in a sales process on the back end to meet that speed to lead. Cause that's what consumers expect today. They don't care that you're a huge business or a small startup franchise. They expect a response and a good service and a good result. And that's what a, a bigger box brand, a system a portfolio of brands really bring to bear our resources to aspiring franchise owners that can accelerate their growth much more quickly and free them up, honestly, Nick, to do what they want to do. What I want to do and you'd want to do as a business owner is build the right team, build the right culture within my local business and treat customers great and and have retention and repeat business and focus on those things, which are, it's a lot, but let a company step in that knows what they're doing, manage your, your systems, manage your marketing, manage your initial sales, give you an advantage that a lot of other independents don't have to be focused on customers and retention. So yeah, it's never perfect. You don't just walk in and automatically plug in and now you're successful because we signed a franchise agreement. It's a lot of hard work, but it helps you cut through the clutter and you're not starting at ground zero. You're starting way ahead of the curve, which gives you a distinct advantage in the world of franchising. Position what the portfolio brands looks like. Obviously I'm putting it on the screen, but tell if someone's a ghost is watching this, like okay what what do you have here eric can you give a sense of what is the what are the business models that you have and what should a candidate be thinking about if they're looking at your at your brands yeah i would say happiness is kind of the 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 king of the unsexy business we love home services uh, and service models in general we we have a very focused approach here on how we want to grow our portfolio of brands underneath the happiness umbrella we look at the category first and then our brand second. That's always been our process. So we score the attributes and we love recurrence of revenue, call it kind of membership, repeat business models. We don't love bricks and mortar. 
businesses. I'm not saying that we never would have one in our portfolio, but you know, historically we like mobile businesses that don't require long-term leases or build outs, which keep our expenses down. And frankly, you don't really need that in, in home services. Uh, and we like multiple revenue streams, the ability to grow within a customer base, very creative to profit, adding services or frequency of visit, if you will. So those are some things that we like and, and look for. And we look at things that are duplicatable, you know, relatively easy to pick up on, easy to learn. Our businesses have a lot of science behind it, a lot of systems behind it, but they're straightforward services. We have Lawn Doctor, which is we'll call kind of the first happiness brand. It's been around for over five decades and specializes in lawn treatment and conditioning services, things like fertilization and seeding and aeration and pest management. Then we have Mosquito Hunters, which fully focuses on mosquito tick and flea abatement, uh, as well as perimeter pest services. And we're introducing some really cool new programs within Mosquito Hunters as well in the near future. But that was our first next brand after Lineback. Then we acquired Ecomades, which is a cleaning service, residential and light commercial, all organic, all green, the only one within franchise that can say that all of our products are green seal certified. So very much on trend in the world that we're in today. And obviously cleaning is a necessity, very essential. And um, uh, COVID has only increased the interest uh, in that particular service sector. And most recently we brought on our first brand outside of the US in elite window cleaning here, which is a window cleaning gutter cleaning, power washing, house washing service, okay? And that's only gonna be developed in Canada. However, we are going to be introducing here in the US in the fourth quarter this year, Sparkle Squad, which is the last vehicle on your right there. This is a mirror of elite window cleaning, but it's going to be here for the US, all right? So also specializing in window cleaning, gutter cleaning, house washing, and power washing. So all of these brands provide opportunities for quick ramp, relatively low investments, recurring revenue, their membership models. They have different upsell services so you can grow your revenue within your existing customer base. And the opportunity for retention of customer is incredible in these models. It's just a matter of the frequency of visit. All of these brands have a bit of a, a different service cycle and how many times we're gonna see it throughout the year as an example or things that we can add to the package throughout the course of a year. But they all offer those opportunities to a franchise candidate, and you know as well as I do, Nick, just home services in general, it's a $600 billion space. And the reason that is, is you've got the boomers and the millennials, all right? 78 million baby boomers, 90 million, 90 million millennials, and it's this wave crashing to our shores. We call it the can't do it and the don't want to do it society. It's such a fragmented space. There are so many independents, and it's not home services I'm speaking of known, for great response and great fulfillment and customer service. We're looking at blue collar industries and saying we're attracting well-capitalized white glove mentality owners to deliver a very white glove experience, a user experience to the consumer. And that's where we're separating ourselves from the pack, from a lot of the independents and also some other franchises that don't have these systems and managed media and managed initial sales to free up an owner to focus on that great customer service but that's the recipe here at Happy Nest. And ultimately it allows us to deliver the service in a way and an experience to the consumer that most can't. Are you finding that franchisees have interest in multi-brand portfolios with you? Is that happening yet? Knowing 
when, when you know who your customer is around the home, you have other things to sell to them. Absolutely, Nick. And it, it really is a big part of this long-term strategy is to create a portfolio of brands. And what that's going to look like over the next 10 to 15 years, I, I could not definitively say. I will say we have other brands that we're looking at to bring into happiness. And one of the, I would say, the, the, the values for an incoming franchisee into our type of system is the ability to grow vertically versus horizontally, which can become challenging, especially in a service model, the wider you get, the harder it gets in many cases. It's all about efficiency and density and routing and scheduling in repeat models and services like we do, right? So we have a great system behind that. But when you bring in an owner who might have one or two territories, which is our comfort zone early, and to give them the opportunity as an example to say, well, we may have another brand in our inventory or, or we will down the road that it might make sense for you to add or stack another brand or two on top of your existing one. Same team, same system by and large, really similar processes, just a different service per se. You've already got a customer base embedded. You've already got goodwill and a name established versus going wider and creating more complexity and potentially getting into profitability. Let's look at maybe growing deeper by growing vertically. And that's something that we're starting to explore and experiment with. We're seeing some owners have interest in that. We want to make sure this is an earlier stage strategy, obviously, for us, as you know, we haven't been doing this for years and years and years, but we want to make certain we do this the right way here and not have someone bite off more than they can chew too early. Now you take a good owner and now you have two average businesses. We want to do it at the right time and make sure that someone's set up correctly before embarking upon maybe an additional brand. But that is definitely something that we're promoting and looking to have more empire builders coming into happiness over the years to come that want to add brands and go deeper as they're building their empire. If you're talking to the ghost candidate, they've watched this, they, they want to understand why should I fill out your form now? What do you want them to know about why you, why now? I think now is the time to get into home services. And I would love it to be with a happy nest brand, but just everything I'm seeing and home formation expecting to double in this country over the next 15 years, uh, the millennial really becoming uh, the bigger percentage of home buyer in our country, Nick, nearly 40% of homes are now purchased by millennials. So that's a don't want to do it society right there. They're not going to want to paint. They're not going to want to do their lawn, their pests, their cleaning, their windows. The time is now. It's fragmented. There's just really starting to be, we're starting to see consolidation and platform companies like a happy nest. People are starting to see this. Investors are seeing this opportunity. So why us? Why now? I, I personally am biased, but I look at a happiness and say we've got great brands, great leadership, decades of experience and development, hundreds of years collectively in our leadership experience. If you want to get into business and you want to get into what are typically lower investments that don't require long term leases and commitments in that regard, now's the time to get into this type of space and do it with a winner, do it with a brand that has experience to help you lift and grow. And that's what I would tell anybody. I, I would love it to be us, but home services in general, I would encourage anybody to really explore that space and, and find the right opportunity because you, you can build large businesses. You can create wealth, enterprise value, and do it with a lower cost of entrance within the home services space. I'm going to throw one more nugget on there, at least how, how I look at your guys' business. And I'm going to primarily focus on Lawn Doctor. If I went back to say 2005, 
for argument's sake, and looked at the landscape, majority of human beings would say, I want to own a franchise. I'm going to buy something in food. Maybe, maybe children's education was on the periphery there, but food or some sort of retail. And so if we look at over, over the last, say, five years, home service has exploded so much that because of how broker networks work, which in essence, candidate X says, hey, I have this much money to invest. What exists from a, from a portfolio standpoint? And broker Y says, here are all the brands that exist. There have been brands that have been created specifically to accelerate through the broker network. But what you have with Lawn Doctor, he said five decades, you have you could go backwards and you can see successful franchise operators who have exited the system. You can see celebrated resales or territory expansions. And there aren't many in the home service space that can point back to legacy and say, here's how we've behaved in all these climates. So much like the self-serve frozen yogurt brands that popped up overnight, we don't know how these other brands are going to behave in uh, a turbulent economy or storms that hit us versus a lawn doctor. You could point backwards and say, look at the longevity. And I think that's, that's one of the assets that you have under the portfolio is you can actually say we've been there, done that. And we've seen multi-generational franchise owners who have handed down uh, the business family to family uh, over time and have remained successful. And I, I think that like, if I'm looking at the business that now you, you have, you have more brands that are closer to infancy, but you can point towards that. And you, you always have that blueprint of what does a home service brand that happened to be franchised, what did success look like? And I think that's, that's a huge advantage that you guys have that many of the home service uh, holding companies don't. It's experience, and that applies to all of our brands. All the learnings we've had, it's been 55 years for Lawn Doctor. It's incredible. 1967 was the first franchise opening for Lawn Doctor, and it's one of three brands, Nick, that have been on that Entrepreneur Magazine Franchise 500 for the entire 44 years of that publication. The other two are Dunkin' and McDonald's. And Lawn Doctor is tied to happiness and happiness and our brands all operate a very similar way. So you're right. We do have the experience, the proof, the longevity. We've made the mistakes. Not to say we're perfect. Everybody makes mistakes, but we're able to limit those with all of those years of experience. And beyond that, it's just a do it for me society. So when you, when you have candidates looking at different brands and they go, well, here are the attributes I like. Here's kind of my investment. Oh, I really like the history here in this platform. I really like the cult. At that stage, you've kind of got someone positioned. And then it's like, why this industry? Why this space? Why home services? The things we touched on earlier and just the sentiment in general, this society, it's a do it for me world. People are willing to spend their money around their home. And in many cases, disproportionately to their income because they value their time. And their experiences, they want to live their best life. And they don't want to spend their weekends taking care of pest issues or cleaning up around the house or, you know, dealing with their windows or gutters or whatever it may be. They want to outsource it, do it for me. I want a good experience. I want a fair price. And I'm going to use you again. When you find a good home service, you continue to use them. And that's really what we want to be to a consumer is be that choice. We're happiness brands. We've got several different brands and that's the long-term play. 
is to start using one or two, and then we're gonna we're gonna start to market to you, and there's a third or a fourth that you're using, and that helps us, and it helps guess who else? Our franchise owner in those similar markets. So it's uh, it's our vision to become a giant, a home advisor, if you will, a franchise. I mean, we're well on our way. Uh, just because I I like giving the nugget. I think what you just said is such a powerful why you why now. You just said since the entire history of entrepreneurs rankings, Duncan, McDonald's, and Lawn Doctor are the only ones. That that should go front and center. And frankly, if I scroll down, very tiny. Oh, we've been on here for every year for 40 years. It's like, I mean, if I'm looking for sustainability protection of investment, I think all that's there. And just because I think it's important to say this note, uh, you get down here. I think you have great human stories that show tremendous value over the history of the business. I would, I would start lifting some of those up because to me, if, especially in today's franchise world where we look at profitability more than anything, which has beaten up the restaurant space a bit because profitability is much harder to achieve than in a service brand. But you look at, you look at brand profitability for, for you guys. I mean, you've engineered something that, that is pretty magical. And so you need to get to the top of the conversation uh, faster. So I think that that's such a great, powerful statement. Like that needs to be your badge of honor. Yeah, we, we talk about it a lot. And really with all of our brands, because it applies to all of happiness. Lawn Doctor's been the anchor. And our, our other brands operate in a very, very similar way, even though they all, it's kind of unique, Nick, they all have their different subcultures. Right. We attract unique owners to all of these brands. They, they carry a lot of the same attributes we talked about earlier, but each of these brands has their own kind of unique subculture within, yeah, within happiness. But no, I, I agree with you. I think people ultimately really are looking for confidence. They're looking to believe and buy into something that they feel can be successful for them. And when you have a lot of history, as we do, it's one, one of those kind of check boxes, if you will, like, okay, been there, done that, know what they're doing. Now I can be confident that, you know, I can dive in and learn more about this. Love it. Well, Eric, you're one of the good guys in franchising. I love talking to you. Thanks for uh, sharing this. And hopefully for someone that's looking on the outside, uh, I've always said this brands don't sell brands. People do. Uh, and you know, reaching out to you is a great entryway to the start of your franchise career. And doesn't hurt to to even fill out that form and see what happens. So for Eric, I'm Nick. Thanks. Uh, this is another episode of Meet the Zor. Take care, everybody.